This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 127, Treasures. In this episode, I've got some knitting, some spinning, a little bit of sewing, a little tale for you about all of my coveted treasures, and I've got some special words for those of you who are or who know full-time caregivers. But of course, we will kick this all off with some updates. So, I don't know if the audio has changed at all, but... I am recording from home. I made it home safely. It was actually a relatively uneventful trip home. All my flights were on time. Uh, My ride at the airport was there when I arrived. And I got all the way home, right? So last weekend, I was home the full weekend. We did a ton of stuff, you know, seeing people I hadn't seen in two months, eating food I hadn't eaten in two months, and, you know, just trying to really get back into the swing of things in my own home, which was pretty fantastic. Yeah, so I I feel like I've gotten back to my routine, which is pretty wonderful. Um, this couch may be a little squeaky, and I'm really sorry about that, <laughs> where I'm recording right now. The boy is off taking a nap, and I am taking this opportunity to get some words in for you guys. One thing I wanted to share is well, and it kind of leads to my little tale, is that I learned a lot about myself while I was at my mom's house. I would say as I was making my way through her home and helping her and, you know, doing little things here and there and scavenging through her craft room and those kind of things, I did a lot of reflecting. And I think it's going to change the way I do things in the future, which is pretty cool, I think, actually considering the alternative. (laughs) So, so yeah. Yeah, so uh, Itty Bitty and Bird are doing really well. Bird is working part-time for a company that's just getting off the ground, and they are almost to the point of making a profit. And at that point, she will be able to go full-time with them. So that's pretty fantastic. She's super excited. Um, Itty Bitty just got into the nursing program that she moved to Wyoming to apply for and get into. So that's pretty excited. She'll start that in the spring. And everything is is going well all around, right? Um, everything's cool in my job. The boy starts a new job on Monday, which is pretty awesome. And and he actually starts graduate school at the same time. So things are changing around here, but for the better. And I think that we've got a lot of ventures ahead of us over the next, you know, couple of years. And I'll be happy to share all that stuff with you guys. I think that's just about all I've gotten updates. So... I guess it's time to get this podcast started. In this edition of Spin a Tale for You, I have less of a story and more of an opportunity to share my perspectives and how they're changing. I think maybe as I'm aging or maybe as my life circumstances are changing. But yeah, I want to talk to you about all of my coveted little treasures. So I have a little room downstairs. It's actually like a extra bedroom that is currently acting as my craft room. And it is filled with things that I love. I have a whole lot of yarn, like thousands of yards worth of yarn. 
I have pounds and pounds of wool and alpaca fleece. I've got huge shelves full of fabric. I've got all sorts of tools and accessories down there with which to use all of those things. I have those three antique sock knitting machines that I mentioned in the last episode. And currently, most of that stuff is just kind of sitting there and collecting dust, right? I've actually gotten to the point, I think, in my life where I'm going to stop coveting all of these little treasures that I've got and just admiring them as they sit on the shelves and actually begin to really, really use them. That's why I bought them. So this is part of what I learned when I was staying at my mom's house. My mom's 73. My mom just broke her hip. I don't know when she's going to have the energy, grace, or stability to walk all the way up those five flight steps to get to her bathroom and use all of her coveted things. She really does have a lot of things that she's just simply never going to get to or never going to get back to. All of these little treasures. She has half-finished porcelain dolls who need their clothing made or who need their bodies to be sewn, but she's not doing it. And I, I don't, I don't want to get myself to that point where someone in my family has to decide what to do with all these coveted treasures. I want to use them while I can. I want to knit all the socks. I want to sew all the bags. I want to spin all the fiber. And if I don't make a concerted effort to start actually diving into that stuff, it may never happen. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having a, and maintaining a stash because you know this girl is not going to stop buying yarn. That's just not going to happen. Uh, there may be a temporary moratorium on buying whole fleeces, but you know, that's a thing. I do get three fleeces every year as a reward for caring for my alpaca. So I probably should maybe see if I can work through some of that stuff or offload it or do something with it so that one day my children aren't like, what are these boxes full of sheep clothing doing here? <laughs> yeah. So part of what I learned about myself, I don't want to be like that anymore. And I think that once I regain my spinning mojo, that I've already started to do some of those things. Like the some of the fibers that I've been spinning on are like deep, deep stash, like those bullseye bumps from Luke. Some of those were from 2014. Why hadn't I spun them, right? So the fiber I'm working on right now, I think is probably a 2014 or 2015 um, stash acquisition. I want to start using this stuff and enjoying it and not just having my things sitting around as coveted little treasures that aren't getting the attention that they so rightfully deserve. I would go so far as to say that this may actually carry further than just my crafty stuff, right? So as, so my father passed away December, well, Christmas Eve, two years ago. And as he was going into the home and his health was deteriorating, we were helping my mom, like every, probably every three to four months, me and my oldest brother were out at my mom's house helping her out. There was a lot of stuff that I was just, found unfathomable, fathomable, unbelievable. And I 
don't want to leave my affairs in that condition until it's too late for me to do anything about it when my kids have to figure it out. Does that make sense? After I probably the first trip back to my mom's house, when we started organizing their documentation and making sure we had, you know, copies of all of his, my, you know, all of my dad's most current life insurance documentation, his account statements, you know, all of his healthcare and medical benefits and all of those things and powers of attorney and all of that stuff in order, which took us days. It took us days to find all of that stuff because they didn't have a system of organization at all. I was shredding and burning copies of bills that he had paid 20 years earlier. In my most recent trip back during this seven week trip, I found receipts from car maintenance that my father had done before I was born. I I don't I don't want to leave <laughs> my our affairs in that in that kind of condition so that my kids are sorting through things and burning things and just trying to figure out how to make sense of it all. You know, the whole not having all this unnecessary stuff laying around carries over. I bought a really nice shredder when I got back from that trip from my mom's house and actually started organizing, got a file cabinet, have everything labeled. The, you know, these are, this is the mortgage. These are my healthcare benefits. This is our life insurance policy. These are all the vehicles and all of the information that goes along with those. And I don't want to just have piles of things that, that no one's touching or using or looking at, right? If it doesn't belong, I'm going to get rid of it. If it's crafty business or life affairs, I want to get everything in its place and a place for everything. And I want to start using those things so that sometime down the road in my future, it's not just a pile of junk that someone else has to deal with. Because I feel a way about an item or a tool or an accessory or, you know, craft supplies or materials does not mean that my children or their families will feel that way. So that's how I feel about that. And that is one of the biggest things I've learned about myself through all of this time helping my mom and my parents just get their stuff in order. I'm in my late 40s and I'm going to I'm going to knit all the socks. I'm going to spin all the fiber. I'm going to sew all the bags. And hopefully by the time I'm my mom's age or older, my kids won't see just stuff that never got used. And now it is on to spinning my wheels. I would say I've been very, very busy, but I wouldn't go so far as to say I've like finished a whole ton of stuff, right? It's been two weeks, but I did get a few things finished and I feel a little bit accomplished and I've got some other things in the works and I'm pretty excited about those. The first thing is knitting. I finished those self-striping socks that I had been working on for, I don't know, just about ages. And like I had said, they were just a more of a recipe sock, a toe-up sock where I added a little slip stitch detailing at the color transition for each of the stripes. But more importantly, I wanted to tell you about the heel that I chose and the bind-off that I chose. So I used a German short row heel. 
and I found a tutorial on YouTube, probably a better tutorial than I had seen before, and it's not new. It's actually been out there for quite some time, but by Nimble Needles, and it explained it really, really well, and it was super clear. So like, I don't use it very often. I know how to do it, but it's one of those techniques that I often find myself going, wait, how do I start this again? So I'll go, you know, do a Google search, find a YouTube video that reminds me how to do it. So I found his tutorial to be pretty, pretty clear and very, very good. So as far as German short rows go, I would say that I can't see them being very functionally useful for anything that isn't similar to a sock heel. They are pretty dense and thick. They aren't well hidden. They're, you know, you can see them really, really clearly. So like it wouldn't be a good short row, in my opinion, for say adding length to the back of a neck of a sweater, you know. So there are a million different short row techniques out there. And I would say the German short row is pretty perfect for sock heels, but I'm not sure for, you know, much of anything else. But I really like it for that. And it's not super fiddly, doesn't take any extra parts and pieces. Like, I think I needed two stitch markers just to figure out where the first turns were going to be. So that was pretty simple. And his tutorial that I'll link to in the show notes was very useful in getting me started on that again so that I could get it accomplished. And then I used Jenny's Super Stretchy Bind Off. And I really like that bind off for socks because, you know, my chunky little ankles, I don't necessarily want a less than stretchy bind off digging into them. So typically in the past, what I had done was just gone to the initial publication, and I believe that was in MIDI, of that bind off, or I believe Pearl Soho also has a print version of that bind off published on their blog. So I would just use a print one. And this YouTube video that I found, I can't believe I never searched for one before, explained it more clearly than I had ever seen before, which made it super duper, super duper easy for me to pick it back up again and go, oh yeah, that's right. Those two tutorials, one for the German short row, and I've also heard the German short row referred to as the boomerang heel, and the Jenny's super stretchy bind off. I will include links to those. They were very useful and helpful, and I enjoyed them. They're not super new. Like I said, I think they're probably two and three years old each. Oh, the YouTube tutorial for the bind off that I found was from Knit Freedom, and it was pretty clear and easy to understand, and the visual was really good, and I liked it quite a bit. And they're done. Like, the socks are done. Okay, so um, they're actually stacked up next to me. They're not done done, but I finished all the knitting. All I have left to do is sew in the ends at the bind off on the cast on edge. So that that's they're pretty much wearable. And that I'll probably accomplish tonight while watching some television. So that, you know, that's like 15 minutes worth of work left on those socks. That's about it. Oh, one other thing I wanted to add about the self-striping socks is there are a ton of dyers out there that do lots and lots of different stripe sequences and different color combinations and do really, really beautiful work when it comes to dyeing self-striping sock yarn. So there's three that I've used and that I really, really like. One is Turtle Pearl Yarns, one is Valkyrie Yarns, and the other is Mud Punch. And I will link to those small dyers in the show notes so that you guys can go check out their work. And now on to spinning. So in spinning, I've just about finished that 50-50 cashmere blend from Turtle Pearl Yarns. Turtle Pearl is a Canadian dyer who I met like through the podcast 
we are, you know, friends online and kind of friends in, in real life. She came down from Canada one year and went to Maryland Sheep and Wool with us, which was really cool. She stayed at my place. It was awesome. And she's like so super nice. Her name is Genevieve. She is a wonderful person and a great dyer. And I have a lot of her stuff and I really, really enjoy working with it. So I should also finish up spinning the singles on this cashmere silk blend today. And by the time I record next time, I will have definitely plied it and set it and put it on the shelf because I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do with it and pick my next project to start. I have not even looked at my stash to figure out what I want to get to next because I definitely want to focus on getting this finished. It's still like every time I sit down behind it to, uh, to spin, it gets all over me and it's like on my nose. Like when I go to bed at night, I feel like I have to like wash my face, just get the cashmere silk blend off of it. And it's like stuck in my nose. And yeah, it's crazy. I think I got some of it in my mouth the other day and almost swallowed it. It was pretty gross, but it's still, I'm enjoying the way the color is spinning up. It is varying shades of purples and pinks. And, you know, there's definitely some light areas and bright areas where, you know, there's varying amounts or collections of silk in it because the silk maintains definitely a lighter color than the cashmere did. But I'm really enjoying it. It's working up really well. And I, well, my hands will be very thankful when I get back to my standard drafting technique because this whole inchworm thing is not amazing on the hands. So I think that's probably why I haven't actually gotten further on the spinning because I have to take more breaks so that my hands don't hurt as much while I'm working on it. So the only other thing that I actually accomplished since I last recorded was that sewing project for my mom. I shortened curtains and it was such a huge dramatic difference. So I had two extra panels from these curtains that I bought her. And the plan was to shorten the two panels to fit these two other windows in her house. But I ended up, the curtain upstairs was short enough that I was able to actually only cut one panel, hem it, and one panel covered both windows, if that makes any sense. So cut it in two pieces, hem both pieces, and then was able to hang it in the bathroom, in that bathroom window, which is amazing because it actually, that curtain is perfect. It lets so much natural light into that room that it completely changes the room. Like it's pretty fantastic. And I love it now. Like it, the room was so dark, but it's so totally, totally different now that it's got that curtain in it. And I love it a lot. And then I got that back window on that back door covered and I used two rods so that you know, the curtain wasn't swinging around when you open and close that door. So that's pretty cool. I got that done. Like right, like the day before I left my mom's house. So that's pretty cool. Yay. All right. So I've been pretty busy. Haven't finished a whole lot, but sometimes that's to be expected. But I have been crafting every day and enjoying every minute of it. In this episode, I am all spun up about feeling the love. When I returned, I was greeted by smiling alpaca faces. Nature doesn't quite sound the same here, but the boys chat with me every morning and every afternoon when we hang out in the barn, and hopefully you can hear them, <laughs> and it, co it comes across. This is truly one of my happy places. unconditional love from my animals 
manual labor in my barn. Like I said before, definitely not the biggest fan of chores, but it's a lot nicer doing my chores as opposed to someone else's. What's up, buddy? How are we doing? Everybody has something to say this morning. Normally, Gold is the most chatty and you can hear him throughout, but everybody has words of encouragement <laughs> this morning. All right, all. That's what's got me all spun up. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. But before I head out, I just wanted to say a little something to all of the full-time caregivers out there. I hope I didn't sound too flippant during my two-month tenure as my mom's primary caregiver. It was an unexpected trip. It was unplanned for. And thankfully, it was relatively short because she was able to regain her independence and return to relatively normal health. I know that isn't the same for everybody. Many of you may be full-time caregivers to parents or children or spouses or some other familial connection in your life and may not be able to walk away after two months. This was probably my first of many more of such trips helping my mom. At some point, she will be here living with me in my house so that I can be her primary caregiver. It is hard. I did not like it. You don't have to like it. But I think everyone should know that you are appreciated. You're doing hard work. I know it's often thankless, but thank you. And I hope I never made you feel unappreciated when I was talking about my own experience, because it was my own experience. And I hope you never feel like anyone ever degrades the work that you're doing to care for those that you love. Thank you. You are appreciated. We don't have to like it, but we will do it and we will care for them until they need it no more. Thank you all for that. I am going to lead us out with the song Daughter from Pearl Jam. It's one of my favorites from my early days. And I think that, you know, for the last two and a half months, that's what my life has been about. It's been about being a daughter. And I'll just let that song guide us out. Thank you all for tuning in. And I hope to see you again here in the near future. As always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com and stalk me on Ravelry and social media as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I will talk to you soon. Alone, listless, breakfast table in an otherwise empty.
too.